Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast, along with Aaron Fitt. I'm John Manuel. Thanks so much for the download. Talking college baseball on a Monday. And, uh, frankly, not as excited to do the podcast today, Aaron, because uh, college baseball just uh, had a, a, a rough weekend. A lot of teams that were ranked, lost series, and uh, I think this I think this season seems a little less defined at this time than it did even a couple weeks ago. And we're getting close to the midway point of the season, and while I do still think the top 10, 11, 12, you know, top 15 or so is still fairly well defined, yeah. the great mass after that is completely undefined, and uh, really the one and even one of our constant, which was Arizona State and UCLA winning every single game, that's finally come to an end as uh, both those teams lost. But uh, it, does, it does seem like mediocrity is more the story this week where the last few weeks yeah. we've been talking about these two undefeated teams and how well Virginia had been playing and how well a lot of our teams were the top have been dominating. A little bit less of that this week. It seems like the more of the talk is who's not getting it done as opposed to who is getting it done. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it was it was ugly after about number uh, 17 in our rankings or 18. Um, almost all the teams at the back lost or didn't have great weeks. Um, you know, so we, we had to, you know, we had to keep some teams in that we ordinarily would have probably run out of the rankings if there was somebody worthy to bring in. And uh, as it was, the only team we, we, we knocked out was Arizona, which uh, finally left Tucson for the first time all year in week seven. And, and promptly got swept at Cal. So uh, Arizona had to, to, to take a hike here. But, uh, you know, who, who did we bring in? I mean, we didn't, you know, there was no obvious team to bring in. Uh, Virginia Tech ended up getting the nod. You know, they're 20-10. and 10. They've won five out of their six conference series. They just won or two out of three. Overall, yeah. uh, series overall, rather, not conference series. Um, they just won two out of three at, at Florida State. That's what they're hanging their hat on. The rest of the resume, to me, isn't very impressive. Right. Uh, I don't. Th- I think you feel the same way. But um, somebody had to come in, you know. So uh, they 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 seem to have the the best overall resume out of those other teams, mostly because they've been fairly consistent and and they had the signature series against Florida State. Yeah, they've you know they had a rough uh, weekend, the first weekend of the season as far as in a, in a tournament. Uh, you know, losing like a Kyle Charleston. No, it was, it was I mean, Coastal, Coastal Carolina. Carolina and Kentucky. Yeah. Those are both good teams. The, uh, Coastal's a top 10 caliber team. They're yeah. right at the back of our top 10 right now. And, and and Virginia Tech hadn't really been outside of that point either. I mean, they were up in Blacksburg going down right. the Coastal. And, you know, Kentucky's a good team. We rank Kentucky. Good SEC team. Not a great SEC team, but a good SEC team. Certainly has some talent. So those are, those are respectable losses. They've done some other, you know, they basically the rest of the season they've won. They have the one series loss. Yeah. Getting swept by Clemson. 
we think highly of Clemson. I don't think we think as highly of uh, I don't think as highly of Clemson as I used to. You may you, you might still think highly. I, of Clemson. I think they have some chinks in their armor. There's no question. I I still think that they're to me they're in that top group of of right now. There's 16 teams for me, or you know maybe Oregon State could throw in there, but the teams that deserve to be where they are in the rankings and have been pretty solid. Um, I think there are only 17 teams that even deserve to be ranked. Yeah, we have to rank 25. <laughs> right. I would say Oregon State. At 17 is the last team that deserves to be ranked. Yeah. Every other team. You're right. John, you're right. Every other team uh, really doesn't deserve it. Like Vanderbilt, for example. Let's take Vanderbilt at 20. Uh, they have one really good series win, don't they? Or do they even? Yeah, they do I have. Mean, they have. They last weekend they beat. Uh, was it Al? No, it's not Alabama. No, they lost their series. Alabama. Lost their series Alabama, but they. Uh, uh, okay, now you were banging on the whole pole. Well, I mean, Alabama's, Alabama deserves it. Alabama's lost seven, lost seven of the last ten games. And know? that's a team that's still – they actually moved up a spot, and they've lost seven of their last ten games. That's yeah. that's where we are right now. I mean, uh, Vanderbilt, I guess, is their big series win. Uh, that's Kentucky. Kentucky. They swept that's Kentucky. It. That's it. And, and other than that, they lost two out of three at Florida. They lost two out of three at Alabama. And before that, I mean, they were piling up wins against Ohio's and Tennessee, you know, Tech. Tennessee Tech and Kent State. And, I mean, there's just not a – uh, there's there's not a lot there besides sweeping Kentucky, which hey, has now lost three straight series. It's a talented team, yep. and, and that's why Virginia Tech is ranked. The thing that separated Virginia Tech from the other teams that we could have ranked Like UAB team, that we talked about, for instance. For, correct. Um, first of all, they've only lost the one series. Second of all, they just won at Florida State. You know, the other the other team I actually almost threw out in the rankings meeting was New Mexico. Yeah. Because New Mexico's resume is essentially the same as Virginia Tech. The right. record is very similar. Uh, and they obviously have one very big plus on their resume in beating Texas at Texas to start the season. And the thing is, kudos to, Me- to, Mex- to New Mexico. They've been quite consistent since then. But they really don't have anything else that's signature either. Yeah, and they lost a series to Utah. That's much worse. And that was at home. And, and they that were swept uh, in two midweeks at Arizona as well. Right, and that was the other one. Yeah. That was the other one. Was And that was just fresh. That was last week. Yeah. So, yes, they are off to a good start in conference play. They swept San Diego State. They won the series at UNLV. But they had that series loss to Utah. And those midweek losses at Arizona, when Arizona just went and kind of showed that it was a little not ready for prime time by getting yeah. swept at Cal, I didn't even bring up New Mexico. But that's that's where we are right now. After right. After Oregon State, all those teams, the rest of the country is just completely up in the air. I mean, the best thing yeah. you can say about Stanford, for example, which is 22nd in our rankings this week, is they've played a tough schedule. Their two series losses are at Texas, correct? Yep. And uh, against at UCLA. UCLA and at UCLA, and they're one and five in those games. They have two bad midweek losses against Pacific and San Francisco. And those, those, and those, those are, are okay teams. Right, exactly. That's exactly. Those are NIT caliber teams. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if the NCAA is going to uh, expand the baseball tournament to 96 when they expand <laughs> basketball. I don't know if you noticed. That's just what we need. When they talked about the basketball tournament expanding, they did not. They are only talking about the men's tournament, not the women's tournament, which Cal, by the way, speaking of Cal, won the women's NIT. For those of you – so I, I don't know how many people had Cal winning their women's NIT bracket, but uh, Cal did win the women's NIT. It's been like Ron Polk here. Um, but the point is, uh, if, there were, if there was a bigger-than-64 team field – a lot of these teams would fit, but a lot th- these teams we're talking about are 60-14 field clubs, and right now, and to me, they don't even deserve to be in the top 25, not yeah. to mention a 60-14 field. So I, I think there's a big, I think there's A, a big pocket of mediocrity yeah. here, and then B, I think when it comes selection time, obviously we have a lot of time to shake this out, but 
it's shaping up that it's going to be very difficult to separate those teams at the back of the 64-team field. I agree with at you. Large, that at-large group. I agree with you. And, you know, it seems like the kind of year where you could have a league, um, you know, a mid-major like, you know, last year the Big Ten got three bids. Right. Um, this year the Big Ten will get one bid unless, uh, unless something weird happens because that league has been very disappointing. Um, the Big East maybe gets a couple this year. UConn's been playing well. Um, you know, certainly... Uh, That's uh, the Big Ten. I mean, the Big Ten is uh, off to a brutal start. Ohio State's league. been very disappointing. Michigan has, has played better lately, but... Minnesota's been one of the nation's bigger disappointments. Yeah, and, and you know, they're maybe they're... Maybe they've turned a corner this weekend. They did win a series this weekend, but I don't know. At this point, it looks like whoever wins the automatic bid will be the Big Ten representative. And, and the you Big East, you though... You don't see Michigan State getting an at-large? I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm shocked by that. So, yeah, I just thought... But like you said, like the Southern Conference might be in position to there get more go. than That's a bid or two. It could be a three-bid league. I mean, who knows? So right now you have Elon, College of Charleston, and Citadel. Citadel all playing quite well in that yep. league. Citadel leading that league. And, you know, you had the... Was it college? Who was it? Who played Georgia Southern this week? College of Charleston college swept Charleston Georgia swept Southern. That, swept Georgia Southern. That's a big series for Charleston uh, to go and sweep that series. So, Conference USA though, maybe not a series that's going to not a league that's going to jump up and get extra bids, is it? Maybe the Southland. I mean, you've got Texas State playing pretty well. You've got Southeastern Louisiana had, had a pretty good start. They lost this series this weekend. Uh, maybe that could be a two bid league. You know who's been the? Uh, I don't know much about their team, but just glancing at the Southland. A surprising team that I saw toward the top of that rankings is uh, that league is Stephen F. Austin, and which, if I'm not mistaken, sure. is in its third year of being a Division One program. They just they didn't have a program for a while, and they restarted it. They're either in their second or third year of D1. That's a program that was actually going to be my other three strikes. Uh, I was going to be another suggestion for you to maybe look into, even for a weekend preview type deal. I didn't look deep into who they played, and uh, but I did look and see that they were playing well. They and I didn't expect to see them toward the top of the Southland standing. But, yeah, you're right. The point is uh, there's not a lot of depth of, good, of, of really good teams. So some of these smaller conference teams could – I say smaller, more mid-major conference teams could jump up and, and get extra bids. But, but that said, you know, the Pac-10 is going to get more bids than it had last year. Yeah, the SEC is right. still going to get eight or nine. ACC is still going to get seven, maybe probably eight. six or seven. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's it's – there's there's still not a lot of room. The Conference USA is, looks like probably less than that. It's, it's early. It's the midway point. But, I mean, you know, I, I will say this too, John. We talk about the, the mediocrity here after and then the back half of the rankings. I think, you know, in the back of my mind, um, I think Fullerton and Rice are still the teams that you have to watch out for. I mean, they have San Diego. And San Diego. Uh, but especially Fullerton and Rice with their track records. Um, those are teams that I think could make a run and that both swept their series this weekend. Maybe they're going to get back on track now. Those teams will still be dangerous down the stretch. See, last week I thought you weren't saying that about Rice anymore. But this week, I, I don't think, I don't think Rice is an Omaha team anymore. Right. That, that was what I conceded okay. last week at long okay. last, and, and I'm not backing away from that. But, but I do still think that they're the team to beat in Conference USA. To me, Fullerton is the real team there to, to really watch. Yeah, me uh, too. Because they, they got off that stumbling start, but that means – they, they cut that off a little bit sooner. You know, they they've won most of their weekend series since that uh, the first. Uh, what was that? I guess they lost their first three weekend series. I don't think they've lost one since then. The real stumble since then, like you mentioned, have been the midweek games. Uh, you know, losing two at home to Arizona State, uh, which I don't know if we mentioned it. Arizona State is our new number one team. Yeah. Uh, this week here on the College Baseball uh, Podcast here on Baseball America, uh, uh, Aaron Fitt and John Manuel, and I actually. Uh, forgotten i'll read it here in the middle of the podcast aaron that when it comes to buying a baseball bat Marini just changed the game 
introducing Demo House, where you can step into the cage and hit the latest from DeMarini before you buy, because there's no substitute for hitting a real baseball or talking to people who know both bats and batting. Your demo time in the cage is free, so get the season started right and visit your nearest Demo House today. Locations and full details can be found at demarini.com backslash demo house. And I can't believe I forgot to read that earlier. DeMarini, thank you for sponsoring the podcast, as we, uh, which we do every week. And uh, Arizona State, I, we probably should mention you know, before, I know we're kind of tidying up. A little bit of a scattershot uh, podcast. Oh, we're kind of tidying up a little bit of those back-end teams. Sure. I agree with you that, that Rice and Fulton are dangerous. I think Fulton is a little bit more dangerous. Cause Ful- I Fullerton has quietly won its last four weekend series now, by the way. And it sounds like, the, weekends, it sounds like the big issue for them is they need Tyler Pills batting the lineup. And who's their other two-way pitcher? Which Nick, Ramirez. Nick Ramirez. Nick Ramirez. So they need those two guys in the lineup. So they need some of their other pitchers, the Mertens, the Dylan Floros, those kind of young guys, to step forward and take on more of a pitching burden so that Tyler Pill and Nick Ramirez can be complementary pitchers. Because really, without Chris Davis and Jared Clark and some of those veterans from last year in a the lineup, they really need Pill and Ramirez more as hitters than they need them on the mound. Well, well, the thing though is, is Pill has really has their best stuff on the mound. I mean, he's really their best arm, and I think he's he, not their I, best pitcher though. He, he's their best arm. Noah Ramirez has been their best pitcher, right. but he's their, but but Pill has the best stuff on the staff, and I do think he's got to be a weekend guy for them. Um, so hmm. I don't know how much of a complimentary guy he can really be. What if Daniel Rankin can bounce back to last year's That's form? Key. If you have Rankin and you have Noe Ramirez, if Mertens keeps pitching well on the weekend, then Tyler Pill can be a midweek guy and uh, or, a, or a middle reliever, uh, a bullpen guy, and focus more on uh, an easier role on the mound and focus more on the bat. I mean, like this year, it's not like that's what Cal State Fulton – Needs and maybe next year in his draft year he focuses more yeah. on the mound. Possibly, I mean, I, I I tend to think that there's there's other guys that they need to step up more in, in, with the bats. I think the but who can they've, they've got some them. depth. I mean, I, I think some of the some of the younger guys like uh, you know, maybe Ivory Thomas is an answer. I mean, uh, he's 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 an exciting young player who hasn't played a whole lot. I mean, they need they've they've got some pieces that just haven't performed yet that I think are capable of performing better. Um, well, they'll get, a, they'll get a big test. Obviously, they're, they're playing UCLA a little bit midweek this week. But the Big West, that's a league that's looking like a – you know, they're annually, I would say – I think we both would agree that seven out of ten years, if not more, but we'll be conservative and say seven out of ten years, the Big West is underrepresented yep. in NCAA regionals. Not agree. every year, like they think, but most years they're underrepresented. There's always probably one team out of the Big West that doesn't make it that could get in and, and we has a stronger resume than teams that do get in. Sure. I don't think that will be the case this year. That's that's what the, our early indications are. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the, the Big West is, is a little bit down this year. There's, uh, uh, I'll be very interested to see what happens with the, the Irvine Fullerton series this coming weekend. I think that'll tell us a little bit more about about uh, which one of those teams you know is in the driver's seat. Yeah, Fullerton plays seven straight games on the road uh, coming up this week, and then only has eight more road games the rest of the year. And none of these are exactly like you know big trips. Irvine is staying in the same county. UC Santa Barbara going over the whatever highway. I'm sure it's the whatever highway it is. I guess the five. You, guess you take the five. The I don't 405? know. 405? I don't know. Sorry. I'm sorry. that You're not a West Coaster yet. Um, but speaking of the West Coast, Arizona State and UCLA are one and three. They both took their first loss. Arizona State season, and both these teams' seasons continue um, just to, to, to kind of boggle the mind at how consistent they've been. But uh, – I think, obviously, Arizona State started off the year ahead. They just took their first loss this weekend. In terms of actual resume, 
whose resume is stronger, Arizona State's or UCLA's for you? I think it's it's really close. I mean, they they both. Uh, you know, the thing about Arizona State's schedule is they started off with, uh, you know, eight games against Northern Illinois and, and Towson, which does you know b- bring the body work down a little bit. But I think they made up for it uh, with with a, with a quality tournament uh, in surprise where they beat you know Oregon State and Riverside and Florida International are okay, and they they swept Auburn. They they went two Fullerton and one a pair. Right. Um, they swept Houston, which had been playing very well at the time. They swept Cal, which uh, has played pretty well since. Uh, well, which obviously Arizona State, Arizona State swept, sweeps Cal, and Cal and, Ari- and Cal goes and then sweeps Arizona. Right. right. So. Um, you know, and, and then winning two out of three at Oregon is, is that's not a bad. That's that's a pretty good series. I mean, Oregon has played well. So I think uh, I think, I think that that's the best thing they've probably done is the weekend series win at Oregon, going on the road. I don't know what the weather was like up there. I mean, I guess it wasn't the same as it is in Arizona. I, um, st- I still think winning two at Fullerton, and, and I, and I, you know, Oregon's had a, had, had a better season than Fullerton has, but their th- talent level is not Fullerton's talent level. Right. That's a good point. To me, I, that, that's almost why I think UCLA's schedule is just a little bit more impressive. Um, you know, beating Vanderbilt, beating Sonny Gray, basically. I know it's one game, but they they beat Sonny Gray. They kind of pounded Sonny Gray. They've really pounded a lot of teams. I think they've almost been a little bit more complete. But from a weekend series, I think it's almost more impressive for what Arizona State did in some ways going to Oregon. And another side of me argues that, it's, no, it's more impressive to beat Stanford. Stanford's ranked. They've, they have immense talent. It's very young. You know, George Horton versus Mark Marquez are both great coaches. Uh, that's a tough call. I'm uh, not sure which one of these teams, which body work is better. I think it's a toss-up, really. But uh, – uh, the reason Arizona State's ahead in the rankings is, first of all, they started higher in the rankings, and right. that's because they were in Omaha last year. They were, had a more proven track record, um, you know, and that matters. You know, where you, where you start in the rankings uh, does influence where you are later in the season, and that's, you know, it's because we, we, have, a, we have a lot of information when we do our preseason rankings. Right. We're not coming at this. It's not a vacuum. No. And it shouldn't be a vacuum, and that experience of those players does matter. Yeah. It's not insignificant. I, I also think that, again, Arizona State doing this without Josh Spence, you have to remind yourself that yeah. that Josh Spence's presence was a big reason why they were ranked ahead of UCLA in the You're preseason. Right. Absolutely. We may not have ranked them ahead of UCLA if we thought, okay, Seth Blair, to continue a discussion we had off air, Seth Blair, he's not really a Friday starter on a national championship team. You know, I don't think he is. No. But their bullpen is a national championship bullpen. No question. And their lineup is a national championship lineup. They have myriad ways to score, and Oregon – tamped them down a little bit this weekend, but they found ways to win. You, you know, and that's the thing about Arizona State is it's not it's not the kind of powerful, not explosive as as offense, as, certainly not as Georgia Tech. It's, it's not as explosive as it was last year when they had Kipnis and Ramirez in the middle. It's, they don't have Wallace and Davis in the middle. They don't, they're not going to bludgeon you like they used to. But they are relentless. But they're, but they're, they're relentless. They have, they have uh, uh, very, as always, they've got a good, patient Arizona State approach. They, they get on base uh, all kinds of different ways. They're very athletic and deep. Um, so yeah, they don't have the the all-American boppers in the middle, but uh, they're still very complete. But but the thing I like most about Arizona State is the bullpen. I, I love the three guys at the back: Barrett, Lampson, and Swaggerty. Uh, all really good arms. They've all performed. Um, you know, and, and it, when you can shorten a game like that, I just think it's such a huge advantage in college baseball. Um, and UCLA, to a, a different degree, can do that as well. I mean, uh, right. Dan Klein has been ridiculously good this year. <laughs> He's been awesome. Um, Eric Adele's been very good for them, and and uh, um, you know, and Matt Grace the lefty. I mean, they've got three. You know, it's not. I don't think those three guys are as good as Arizona State's three guys. That to me is a difference. But then again, but Arizona I, I, State's starting pitching doesn't, exactly. doesn't touch UCLA. No, it's not pitching. even close. It's good. 
it's been better than I think anyone could have expected, but it, it's not it does not touch UCLA's. I think the biggest difference, like you said, Arizona State's athleticism is a separator for them. That plays in terms of their speed. Yep. It plays in terms of they pepper the gaps. This team is probably leading the country in triples. I mean, have 22 freaking triples. But then the other thing is that I think it plays on their defense as well. They're a good defensive team sure. because they're so athletic. They're going to run some balls down that other teams aren't going to run down. Uh, they've played very well defensively, it would appear. you got a guy in Magi who can play in the middle of the diamond really anywhere you want him to. Yeah, um, he's a real good player. Right, he's a, and these are, they have a lot of really good college players. So UCLA, I, I, you know, I think it probably has a little bit uh, – I wouldn't say but they're more powerful offense, are they not, than Arizona State's? I think, I think they probably are. I think that's fair. I think Georgia Tech is uh, – we haven't even mentioned Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is the offense out of these three that is oh, yeah. be- the best. If you're talking about these top three teams, they have the second-best Friday starter in Dex, Dex They've McGuire. got the best Friday starter. At this I'll point, take Garrett Cole over I'm sorry, as a pro prospect, I'll take Garrett Cole. But, take, but as a college pitcher, John, I mean, De- Garrett Cole walked seven guys last week and six I, guys this week. I, I understand Deck that. McGuire doesn't walk a lot of guys. He just wins. He wins a ton. I, I, I will take Deck McGuire as a junior over Garrett Cole as a sophomore. Now, maybe when Cole's a junior or even later this year, it's different. Call. But right now, I'll take the guy with the with the excellent command because that – the most important thing you can do as a college pitcher is throw strikes, and, and McGuire always does that, and Cole sometimes doesn't. I can't argue against that, except the thing is, uh, I actually think the most important thing coaches want you to do as a college baseball pitcher is throw strikes, because then they don't have to worry about you as much. But I think, the, I think the most important thing is to miss bats. If you throw too many strikes in college baseball, guys are going to catch up with you with these metal bats, and guys like Drew Magi can hit a home run off but, you. And beat you one nothing. Fortunately, Deck McGuire misses a lot of bats. He does, but not nearly as many as Garrett Cole. I don't even know if Garrett Cole is the best pitcher on UCLA right now. It might be Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer has been insane this year. Although he was not real good I know this week. I know he wasn't good this week. But you're right. He's had but a great year. He has been stupendous. I would say starting pitching, UCLA has the best starting pitching of these top three teams. I, I think I UCLA has the best that. starting pitching in the country, including Texas. I think I know they've had their hiccups, but. I think UCLA is the best starting pitching in the country. So it's a very good discussion, and, and I, I don't have the answer. I've, I think I've debated this in, in the chat a number of times. I don't, I don't know right. who's I like better. I, I, I think, gun to my head, I might still take Texas. I think they're a little bit more consistent. But uh, UCLA throws a little wrinkle in there with a the left-hander. Yep, Rasmussen that's nice. yep. is a nice little wrinkle to have in there, and it's such a different look than Bauer and Cole. Absolutely. Um, and I, I believe in both Bauer and Cole. Overcoming the difference there. to me, though, it just the only reason I might give the edge to Texas is that those UCLA guys, um, all three of them, it. can can be susceptible to, to lapses in control a little bit. They'll they'll throw a few more walks than I really like. The Texas guys all really pound the strikes. I mean, but if you're going to talk about, I mean, like te- Youngman had two weeks just as bad as anything that, oh, that Garrett Cole right. in the last two weeks. And, 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 to, and to Cole's credit, he pitched around the walks and didn't give up big, a lot of runs like like yeah, Youngman like, did. It's not like he's Brett Mooneyham here. You no, know? You're he's, right. Certainly, he, he's he's still pretty good. Uh, I think. Pound for pound, Garrett Cole probably, if I had to pick any player to start a college baseball program with, I think I might start with Garrett Cole. I mean, he's not as good as a prospect maybe for me as Anthony Rendon even is. But look at Anthony Rendon and where that's getting rice. Nowhere. You can pitch around him. I think having a stud on Friday is no substitute for that. And I think Garrett Cole is the studliest of the studs. Uh, I know he's not the most complete, best, most consistent, but I'll take – that kind of arm over anybody else in college baseball. I think he's the best arm in college baseball, and uh, I think it's a great place for UCLA to start. Real quick. I definitely agree that he's the best arm in college baseball. Real quick, uh, we got to talk about Virginia losing 
a series. Its first series loss of the year. We dropped them to four in our rankings. Some discussion about maybe even dropping them a little bit further. Uh, I guess some credit to NC State, but it seems like the the issue for Virginia this weekend was the bullpen blew a lead on Friday and didn't come through on Sunday either. They still really haven't found behind uh, Wilson and Enrico. Uh, when they have to use them multiple times, they haven't always been there, which is any reliever, so I'm not banging on those guys. Yeah. But they still haven't found another setup guy, and they're still a little shaky on Sunday starts, aren't they? Well, the thing is, Brennan Klein, I think, is the, the, the next guy. I mean, and he pitched very well in the win on uh, on Saturday. Um, I, I kind of agree with what Nathan Rohde said this weekend. He was over there all three games at NC State. Uh, I kind of think that Klein might be best suited to end up as that Sunday guy and solve that problem, and maybe then, maybe maybe Cody Winarski has more success in the bullpen. I don't know. Winarski's been up and down. He's had some good starts. Right. I mean, he's just a, he's just a, a stock college right-hander. I mean, right. he's not anything special, but he's a four-pitch guy. He's okay. I Is mean, there a member of that vaunted freshman class who has a chance to step in and fill Klein's that role? the guy. I mean, okay. that's the key. He's he's got a really good arm. I mean, it's it's ninety ninety three and easy and, and a good breaking ball. He was a six-round pick last year. Was you know? he? Awesome. <laughs> Sorry, the, the, the Nathan Rohde imitation is a work. Unless you have the visual. That's right. And I'm about three times Nathan Rohde's size. So almost literally three times <laughs> Nathan Rohde's size. You could probably fit three Nathan Rohde's. But anyway. but uh, I, I'm not I'm not really I'm certainly not worried about Virginia. Um, that's a series that they they should have won and they didn't. Uh, See, so you, you hit them a little bit, but. Uh, um, we talked about banging them below LSU and Texas, but I still think I think we all agree that we like Virginia's overall body of work the best of those three teams. Um, they've all lost one series to an unranked team. In Virginia's case, it was on the road at NC State. In LSU's case, it was at home to Kansas, and Texas was at home to New Mexico. Virginia still has those three quality series that are better than um, what LSU, anything LSU's done, I think. Right. Is that, I mean, I think so. Arkansas. LSU beat Arkansas two out of three at home. Correct. That's a good series, but... Uh, uh, body of work, I, I think we, we all like the Cavaliers. It's too. really hard also right now. These conference records almost are meaningless for some of these teams. We wrap up the podcast because you're talking about Georgia Tech that really hasn't played a great conference series yet. No. And Virginia, pretty much all of them have been pretty tough. So uh, it, it's really, it's difficult. You're, you're kind of going apples and oranges. And there's a pretty big delineation in both the ACC and the SEC between the top of those leagues and the bottom. So, um I'm not quite sure uh, that you can really separate these teams uh, based on their conference records, and their top 25 records really aren't too instructive either. I mean, Georgia Tech hasn't played a top 25 team, a ranked team yet. Now, they've played some good midweek games, but they're really ranked number two more on the basis of talent and being 25-3 and three right. than anything else. I mean, I really don't know what to, know, what to think of Georgia Tech yet. I agree with you. I have some sus- suspicions about their college, their weekend pitching. Uh, the weekend starters after McGuire have some suspicions about their bullpen. They just haven't really been tremendously tested. But offensively, yeah. I think they're better probably than any of the teams. Is there anyone else in the top ten who's as good offensively? They're, they're certainly, they're certainly mo- I think they're the most powerful team out of any of these teams without question. And, and uh, You're never too far ahead of Georgia Tech. Exactly. I think that's true. I, I think that they're a different kind of offense than Virginia. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I like Virginia's overall athleticism, and and Virginia has power too. I mean, push comes to shove, I probably would take Virginia's position players over Georgia Tech's. But uh, their position player, but I wouldn't take their lineup. Their lineup, maybe not. I think Georgia Tech's Georgia Tech's, Georgia Tech's power is is very special, and that's uh, in college baseball. It plays. I mean, Jared Parker is just not getting it done yet he, he for Virginia. No. So I mean, that, that's a big. I mean, Georgia Tech is less, not as athletic, and probably not as good defensively as Virginia. And there's no Steve Prosha. I mean, so there's a big part of that. I, that, that, that thinking you're thinking you're a little biased 
toward Stephen Prosha with understandable reasons. He's uh, he's very fun to watch. Anything else, Aaron, before we wrap up the podcast? I think that's the show. Yeah, I think we, we touched most of the bases. Obviously, there's a lot of other things that happened this weekend, but uh, we'll touch on some more of that stuff in Three Strikes and in the, in the Top 25 chat. Well, we want to remind you that uh, you can always ask us questions at podcast.baseballamerica.com or you can go to the Facebook page uh, where we do that every week. And Aaron will be chatting, uh, as he always does, the college blog. Aaron's also on Twitter, twitter.com backslash Aaron Fit. If you don't already follow Aaron, come on. If you like college baseball, you got to follow Aaron on Twitter. And we also want to remind you that uh, we're coming to you from the DeMarini Demo House podcast nook. And when it comes to buying a baseball bat, DeMarini just changed the game. Introducing Demo House, where you can step into the cage and hit the latest from DeMarini before you buy. Because there's no substitute for hitting a real baseball or talking to people who know both bats and batting. Your demo time in the cage is free. Get the season started right. Visit your nearest Demo House today. Locations and full details can be found at demarini.com backslash Demo House. For Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. We'll see you next week on the Baseball America podcast. So long, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.